Welcome in everybody to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It is me, Joey P. Joe P. Zapia. And the 2023 NFL season has come to a close. The Super Bowl is in the books, but that means we can open the books for the 2024 NFL season. And it's never too early to look ahead because sometimes there's some amazing values on the board that we can start to bet on, start to invest in already before the draft, before the combine, before anything, even free agency. Andrew Erickson and I are going to take a look today. And we're going to start picking apart some potential values we want you to invest in. Because, Andrew, this is a time of year where last year, if you go back, I made a ton of wagers here in this span that turned out to be very fruitful ones. It's a way to invest in things that you think are going to be good or better than the odds that are currently out there. And then if you don't want to see those all the way to the end, some places will give you that cash out option. So to me, when you're looking at things like MVP, conference champion, Super Bowl, et cetera, these are great opportunities to kind of throw some money early before some adjustments are made, especially if you feel like you have a beat on what 2024 NFL is going to look like. I mean, I'm going to bet on NFL stuff rather than MLB or NBA or this other thing people are telling me about. I think it's called hockey. So yeah, I'm I'm throwing my hat in the ring, trying to get in some of these uh, early bets, some of these late values, because I think you're just going to see the market move, especially off of transactions. What do we have coming up? NFL free agency, the NFL draft, and teams are just going to naturally all try to get better over that span. So you can kind of beat the punch of some of these teams where it's like, well, this team has a ton of, of cap room. They're going to add more players and therefore they're going to look better on paper where this team is going to look worse Then they're going to see the odds move in those types of directions. So it's better to get ahead of the game now, get some and, and try to find some of that early value. I think that's really more of it. It's, it's less about being correct. I mean, cause obviously so much can happen between now and then, but like you said, like building a portfolio where the odds are going to move in my favor and that's how I'm going to approach it rather than, oh, I need to be right, you know, when we're sitting here in February talking about the NFL after the Super Bowl right. just ended. It's a much more of a stock market feel, and that's what we're going to look at today, and it's a fun time to do that. And speaking of fun, we're going to a hockey game next Thursday, you and I, Nashville Predators, and I'm looking forward to that. Hockey is the best live sport, period. End of story. There, I said it. Have you been to a hockey game before in your life? You had to have. You're from New England, right? You had yes. to have made it to a yes. hockey game. Okay. I've been to a Bruins game, went to a Bruins game Hockey's last great. year. It was fun. It's a good time. So we'll be doing some baseball betting here on the channel too. Welsh and I have some incredible bets. We've already been talking about them on our MLB channel. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe to Fantasy Bros MLB because we always talk betting every single day over there too once leading off starts. But speaking about giving away fun things, we have a winner for our one-year free premium upgrade to betting pros. And the winner is Bronco Jim. Congratulations, Bronco Jim. Fantastic name, by the way. Get in touch with us, Bronco, over at Customer Support. Mailbag at, at Betting Pros, not Fantasy Pros. That's my bad. Mailbag at BettingPros.com. There you go, Bronco. With proof of your subscription to the Betting Pros YouTube channel and your current BettingPros.com username. And we'll get that upgrade process for you as soon as possible. So, Bronco Jim... Hit us up, mailbag at bettingpros.com. Again, be like Bronco. Drop your comments below. Subscribe to the Betting Pros channel, and you might be the next Bronco Jim or Bronco Joe or Bronco Steve or Bronco Jane. Who knows? So go ahead, do that, and ring that bell for notifications, too, so you know every time a piece of content drops. And if you're the winner of the next big premium BP giveaway, also don't forget about Fast Break Bets every single Monday, Wednesday, Friday, NBA with Matt Modi. He's our man. And by the way, I got to do a show with Matt. And no one ever told me his name was pronounced Modi. So I've been saying Modi all these months. So I'm an idiot. But if you're watching the channel, you probably knew that already anyway. Let's get to NFL, Andrew Erickson. Let's start with the conference champions. Looking at the big board right now, Kansas City Chiefs at the top of the AFC, plus 350. These are pretty good odds here for the defending champs, and they have motivation. They 
have it in their sights, Andrew. If you watch the post game after the Super Bowl, they know what they're doing. They know back to back is hard. They know three Pete is near impossible. They want it. They're motivated. And they just might be the team to do it, especially with a good free agency. The Baltimore Ravens are plus 460. The Bills at plus 650. Then you get the Bengals at 700. The Dolphins at 11. The Texans at 14. And if you like the Jets and the bounce back at 1600, okay, I'm listening. Aaron Rodgers is great. But again, to win the conference championship, Aaron Rodgers would have to win a playoff game. And that sometimes is a little hard to come by. Uh, maybe I'll pick up some shade that I just threw. Andrew, let's talk about the AFC. To me, the favorite makes sense. Plus 350 is a really good wager for a team that I think, you know, won the Super Bowl this year, not at its best, but with a great defense and a great quarterback and the will to win. I think the Chiefs could do that again. Who's your favorite of the favorites? I like the Bengals the most, and that's going to be a recurring theme on this show. We're talking about the love for the Bengals because I think that last year was they all got hurt, and that's why nothing really worked out. You know, people ask me all the time, like, oh, how are your fantasy teams? And I was like, well, I had a lot of Bengals players, so yeah, it wasn't good. Like, a lot of my it league. It felt you know, good at the time, I, Andrew. It felt good at the time. So I'm, I'm breaking out the neuralizer. I'm forgetting all about the injuries and what happened last year, drafting the Cincinnati Bengals players in fantasy, making bets on them. Jamar Chase, Offensive Player of the Year, Joe Burrow, MVP. I'm going to forget all about it. And I'm just going to go right back to it because I think this team can bounce back when you're looking at the AFC contenders. Look, the Bengals have had success against the Chiefs in the past. They've had success against the Buffalo Bills. And the Ravens are a team where this was the Ravens' year. And the Ravens kind of blew it. Like, they had the perfect storm in terms of they had the MVP quarterback play. They had an elite defense playing at an elite level. But then they lost their coordinators. They have a lot of guys that need to sign in free agency. The Bengals are in a favorable cap situation. Like, they have the salary cap availability and potentially more health after how injured they were last year to have better injury luck, to be able to push the chips in on this 2024 season where the Chiefs, I think, are still a little bit vulnerable. Like, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl obviously was crazy based on how they played it throughout the year. But is that just going to go away? Are they just going to instantly be better? Are they going to have to go through some struggles again? Is their defense going to be as elite as it was last year? I don't think so. So for me, the Bengals are the team that I want to buy the dip on after last year just basically blew up in flames. I'm going to buy the dip and the better odds that you're getting this year versus last year. I agree. In fact, they're my favorite. I consider them a long shot at seven to one because the odds are telling me they're a bit of a long shot. So uh, it's interesting that neither of us went to the Baltimore Ravens or the Bills, but we went right from Kansas City to the Bengals. And uh, to me, it feels like this, Andrew. I would bet two to three units on the big favorite Chiefs because at three and a half to one, that's still really good odds. And then one to two on the Bengals. I think that's my approach here. Um, I also think the Bengals are a team that could turn things around very quickly with a good free agency, with a good draft, with some restructuring here of the team just a little bit. You saw them compete even when Joe Burrow wasn't there, which I thought was really important too. The team really didn't fold up the tents and, and quit on the coach. And oftentimes you see that happen. It didn't happen. I think that's important. I also think it's important that... As you mentioned, Joe Burrow can beat the Buffalo Bills. He's shown you can go on the road and beat the Bills. Go on the road, beat the Chiefs. Like, that's important stuff here. That's big boy stuff. And Joe Burrow's capable of that. He just needs to be healthy. The other team that I'm curious about, it's a bit of a long shot, but it's a winnable division. And if Anthony Richardson is healthy and plays to his abilities and develops quickly, plus 2,400, the Indianapolis Colts are a team that really intrigues me. Again, uh, I, I know the Jets are going to be a trendy long shot, at plus 1600 but i think the colts are even more intriguing to me if they franchise michael pittman if richardson plays well you got jonathan taylor with a normal offseason no contract disputes or nonsense a good nfl draft a good free agency 
I could see the Colts making some noise in 2024. Give me your favorite long shot in this group for the AFC for next season. That's uh, for the, the Los Angeles Chargers because I've already lost oh. so much money on them in years past, thinking that they could win the Super Bowl with their roster and yada, yada, yada. But it just, you know, now they finally have a good head coach. Like that's the play here with the Chargers. And it's actually crazy to think that a team that this, that finished this poorly last year is only 16 to one to win the AFC ahead of teams like the Jaguars, like the Browns, like the Colts. So again, I don't love the odds here, but it still is a long shot, 16 to one. Look, it's a matter of, okay, is Harbaugh the key that unlocks this Chargers team? Like, because you know the quarterback is talented enough to be a, a to be the leader of a team that wins sure. the AFC. Like, we know Herbert's got the talent. And that's the big question mark with a lot of these teams. Is, oh, who's the quarterback? Can the quarterback drive them to the promised land? We know that Justin Herbert can do that. It's a matter of everything else around him. And the, the lack of what's been there around him the last couple seasons. So, again, as a team that's been super underwhelming, basically, in any type of betting sense, the Chargers... Maybe this is the year where things kind of regress to the mean a little bit, where they've always fell below expectations seemingly every single year. Maybe. The last four years in a row, they've fallen short of their win total. Maybe this year they finally get over the hump and they do it by a large sum. My only problem with that pick, because I, I agree, sometimes it's a different voice and Harbaugh, I can't think of a more different voice between Harbaugh and Brandon Staley. Like, that I mean, <laughs> could not be two different personalities there. And I think that's a positive thing for the Chargers. My only problem is the cap issues they have. Can they work that all out where they can get the team that they need well, in order to cut compete? Mike Williams and that's going to save like $30 million. Well, he doesn't even look, play anyway. But you can't just cut guys. You got to replace guys too. And that's the thing. It's like, can you do all that efficiently via the draft, via free agency? We'll see. But I, I pick up what you're laying down. And in terms of long shots, it's a fun one. I'm surprised it's plus 1600 to tell yeah. you the truth. Like I, I if you yeah. were asking me to handicap it, it would have been at 18 to 20. So yeah. obviously Vegas is kind of covering themselves. They think uh, just like you, your best Harbaugh. Yeah, you show me your best Harbaugh. All right, let's go to the NFC switch gears here. The San Francisco 49ers are plus 230. And folks, let me just throw a number at you here. A little statistic that Joey P, Uncle Joey, was looking at. Uh, some history lessons here. And I think you're going to possibly be lighting some money on fire if you go ahead and take the 49ers. Here's why. Um, the 49ers coming off a loss of the Super Bowl. If you go back since the year 2000, there's only been one team in the last 24 years that has lost a Super Bowl and made it back to the Super Bowl, let alone won the next year. And that team, of course, was the 2019 Patriots. They lost in 18, came back the next year and won against the Rams. They lost the year before against the Eagles. But again, that's Tom Brady. So can you throw that one out? Uh, because when you're dealing with a GOAT, really no statistic is safe. But Andrew, I don't think we take this into account. The... Losing of a Super Bowl, the emotion of that, you know, the kind of the big letdown after the long season. I know they're right now the odds on favorite at plus 230 to win the NFC, but I am not going in that direction. I am fading that hard. More to come on that later on. Do you have a favorite in the NFC that is or is not the 49ers? I'm going with the Eagles. Uh, plus okay. 800 with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's just a matter of we're kind of writing them off after last year. I mean, they started last year. I know they were kind of a Wait, fraudulent last team. Year, who lost the Super Bowl last year, Andrew? Who was it? Right, but that's why you didn't. That's oh, why right, you, the Eagles. Right. So then you get them a year <laughs> removed after they lose right. the Super Bowl. This exactly. is the bounce back season for them. Again, they were a team that started with 11 wins. They had the number one seed in the NFC, and then things just totally fell apart. Now, they weren't dominating teams like they were the year before, but a lot of it had to do with the schedule. And it's something I didn't mention with the Bengals 
um, as I'll just bring up another point here, the Bengals are facing a last place strength of schedule because they came in fourth place in the AFC North. That matters. Like where you end up finishing in your division, that projects the strength of your schedule the next year. The Eagles schedule is much easier this season than it was last year. Last year, they faced a juggernaut of teams. So again, they had, it was like every single week, it was the Chiefs, it was the Bills. It was like, and everyone was throwing them their best punch because they were viewed as the team to beat in the NFC. So again, that's not going to be the case here. It's going to be the 49ers, like you said. And that's why it's so hard for teams to get back to the Super Bowl after they lose in their conference. So for me, 8-1, to one, I mean, the Eagles still have a lot of their main pieces there. Yes, they're probably going to lose Jason Kelsey, but he's an offensive lineman. Like, they've been they've been preparing for him to be gone for a long time by drafting offensive linemen. I still think Jalen Hurts can ball out. They have the weapons at wide receiver between Smith and A.J. Brown. The defense needs to be fixed, but the defensive line is still really good. So yeah, there are some pieces here that need upgrading, but I don't think they're that far away that eight to one. I'm like, oh, well, the Eagles have no shot. It's like, no, the Eagles are going to be in the running and in that conversation like they were last year, where unfortunately things just kind of fell off towards the end of the year. Especially if they can fix that secondary. For me, it's the Eagles fixing the second. If you if you could tweak that, fix that. Defense was also green last year. You know, we keep talking about all the guys that have come up from Georgia in the last few years, but like they're all rookies and second year players still. You know, they need a little bit more time. As talented as they are, they're still young. And I think that was one thing. I do think they can bounce back. They got to get the coordinator situation straightened out, too, because obviously that was a problem last year on offense and defense, to be honest. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions at plus 1600 as my favorite of the favorites to win. They are the second spot here. I like the incremental improvement of the Lions every year, right? You go back a couple years ago, they made big time improvements, you know, starting to look towards a winning season. This year, a team that not only made the playoffs, but won their first playoff game in forever. Um, then, of course, they got exposed. They made it to the NFC Championship game. They got exposed at the end of that game. They were in control of that game for the first half of it. So you know they're good enough to go on the road and beat the 49ers. Like, you saw it. They are a good enough team to do that. There's some holes to fill, some things to fix. One of them has to be also the incremental improvement of Dan Campbell as a head coach of understanding, yeah, you could play fast and loose in the regular season, but when you get to the playoffs, you have to tighten up and you have to call things a little differently. Take the points when you can get the points. I think it's a learning curve for the Lions, and that learning curve for me has been very good in the last few years for Detroit. I really like what they're doing here. It's a new Detroit Lions feel. It's a good organization. They've had good drafts. They've brought in, I mean, last year and the year before, Two back-to-back fantastic drafts. Think about all the talent they brought in the last two years to that team. Everyone from Gibbs to Campbell to Laporta, not to mention the year before Aiden Hutchinson, right? Like this is a great organization, I think now. And I can't believe I'm saying that about the Lions. Let's talk about long shots. Maybe let's go a little off the board. You pick the Eagles, I pick the Lions. Where would you go for the NFC? Maybe you want to go deeper down the trough. So plus 2,200, I'm looking at the Chicago Bears who potentially would be mm-hmm. rostering a rookie quarterback. But what I'm looking at here with them is their cap space situation, the amount of draft capital they have. They have a ton. Like, we're not going to look at the Bears two months from now and be like, this team is worse than the team that ended the season, where this team almost had a shot to make the playoffs at the end of the year. The defense started playing at an elite level. You saw the offense start to take a step forward. Now it's going to look different with a rookie quarterback under center. So that's the question mark. Can a rookie, how far can a rookie quarterback bring a team? But the defense is good again. Again, it's a division where there's question marks. Are the Lions going to deliver again? Who's the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? We still don't necessarily know who that is. And Jordan Love, was it a flash in the pan or he can he continue to progress? So the Bears, as the team with the longest odds in the NFC North, which is the worst division, I would say, in the NFC besides the NFC South, this is the bet I think that you should make. You know, you're looking at the Bears. I think that they can be a lot better just based on what they have at their disposal and what to work with. They're going to be labeled as one of those teams that wins the offseason. So I think that these odds are just going to get shorter as we get closer to the season. 
And then the other team that's just the long shot would be the Arizona Cardinals. And this is just a bet on, again, a team that has a lot of salary cap space, a team that has a lot of draft capital, and a team that has Kyler Murray at quarterback. Like, look at all these other teams with these long shot odds. Kyler Murray's by far the best quarterback on any of these teams. At plus 4,000, can Kyler Murray rise above the other quarterbacks in his division? Possibly, yeah. Like, how much better is Brock Purdy than Kyler Murray? Is he? I don't necessarily think so. So for me, Kyler Murray, fully healthy, another year with Jonathan Gannon taking over that defense. The defense was horrible last year. Even if they can just be average under Jonathan Gannon, I think that this team could make some noise. So I like the Arizona Cardinals a lot as a long shot. All right, I'm not going to go quite as down the trough as Erickson. I don't like the NFC. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of real true competitors, but I do think outside the Lions in that same division, the Packers are interesting. Uh, Packers, the youngest team in the NFL last year, made the playoffs, made a run in the playoffs too. Huge victory in Dallas for them. Went out to San Francisco again, had that game in check. They had it in their hands. They let it slip through their fingers. But the thing that I took away from that, you talked about, is Jordan Love a, a flash in the pan? Andrew, when I listen to Jordan Love in that post game, I saw nothing but accountability. And I thought that goes a long way in that locker room. That's what leaders supposed to do. And he's a young quarterback still. And he said, look, it's on me. I should not have rolled out, tried to throw against my body. He knew he was trying to make a play, trying to do too much. And the moment got away from him. And I think his immediate understanding of that is really good for his development in 2024. Just understanding. Yeah. And then taking accountability for it on top of that. If I am a Packer, I am very excited about that leader in my clubhouse. I'm excited about that guy in the locker room. I'm excited about that guy on the field. And I want to make sure that I'm playing hard for him because I know that he is accountable. I think that goes a long way. And I think that's something has been lacking there. The accountability when quarterback play goes wrong in Green Bay has not been there in quite some time. It's always about somebody else having a problem. Always, always, always. Jordan Love fell short, but Jordan Love had accountability. So give me the Packers at plus 1,000. I like that number quite a bit, but I'm still very much on the Lions. To me, that's the only bet I would make on this particular one. I'd go two units there on the Lions, and I am fading hard the San Francisco 49ers. Let's look to the Super Bowl, where the 49ers are the odds-on favorite. Why don't you just light your money on fire? Why don't you do that? And I'm sure somebody's going to clip this if the 49ers win, and they'll be the first team in a generation to lose a Super Bowl, get back there. And win, okay, fine, clip it. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. But uh, I'm not going to invest in it. Uh, the Chiefs at plus 650, you already know I'm going to invest in that. Uh, the Detroit Lions are at plus 1,300. Uh, your Eagles are plus 1,700 that you talked about. The Bengals are plus 15. The Green Bay Packers plus 2,200. So let's try to have a plan here of how we want to approach this, Erickson. When you're looking at the outright Super Bowl board, I know it's a long way away, but what makes sense to you in terms of investability? Well, I think the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs might just need to be part of your portfolio every single year. <laughs> like, well, Patrick Mahomes is there. It's like, if you had bet on the Patriots every single year to get to the Super Bowl or win the AFC, like, you definitely <laughs> you would have came be out positive. on You'd be top. in the black. <laughs> so it's just like, you, like, the day after the Super Bowl, you log into your sports book, you'd be like, all right, Chiefs, bet. Because, again, the odds will change and fluctuate, especially during the season. But it's just like, get that bet in now. And that way, when you look up and, oh, what do you know, Patrick Holmes is in the Super Bowl again, you're not like, well, I'm not surprised and I have money on the Chiefs to win. So you're going to feel good about that. So I think the Chiefs, just to make it, like you said at the top, it's just a smart investment. It's, it's investment. It's an investment at this point, anything else. It's not even a bet with the Chiefs. So I still like the Bengals a lot of 15 to 1. Again, just looking at how they compare to the rest of the powerhouses in the AFC, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens. The Joe Burrow-led Bengals are 5 and 1 versus the Bengals 
or versus the Bills and Chiefs since 2021, including the postseason. So they've had success against the two top dogs in the AFC. And like I mentioned before, I think the Ravens are going to take a step back. So for me, it's the Chiefs and the Bengals I really want to focus on. And I, I'm not going to probably get too crazy outside of those in the Super Bowl. Look, the Jets' defense is fascinating to me. Um, you know, I, I, I keep... You know, my my brain keeps wanting to make jet wagers here of saying, okay, Rodgers comes back. He plays just, you know, slightly above average and they're a playoff team and anything can happen in the playoffs. But I just can't get over his deficits in big games in the last 10 years. I mean, that's all we've seen from him is those deficits. So I'm not going to go there. I'm going to have some discipline. I think it's fair um, to maybe just, you know, let Aaron Rodgers play a game first. <laughs> like, like, let yeah, him finish and complete a game before I put any money on the New York Jets. <laughs> Look, I'm looking at this and I think that, you know, again, I'm with you 100% on the Chiefs plus 650. I mean, why not? It's crazy to think that that can't make money for you. Uh, on top of that, the Lions plus 1300. What a fantastic, you know, number that is. Uh, you make a good case. We're both in on the Bengals. The Eagles at plus 17 are interesting too. To me, my favorite one though, where you're right in that sweet spot is Detroit. Because I think the the NFC is still an easier road. And I think if we're taking the 49ers out, because history has taught us to take the 49ers out of this conversation now, then it's almost kind of a clear track where the Lions just have to not beat themselves the way they did last year. To me, that Lions bet might be the best one on the board. Let's switch gears here uh, for another one here. Let's talk about MVP Patrick Mahomes at the top of the board. Now, typically what I tend to do, Andrew, is I pick two guys and I invest early and then I have cashed out of certain guys when there's gone from like plus 800 to plus 200. I'll cash out if I have the option and then reinvest in a second guy to hedge outside of my favorite. So Mahomes at plus 650, I'm investing in him right away. Josh Allen at plus 800. Joe Burrow at plus 1,000. I think he's a good wager. CJ Stroud, 1,100. Lamar plus 12. It's interesting that Stroud ahead of Lamar, kind of interesting there. Just throwing that out. Uh, Herbert at plus 13. Then you have Jordan Love. Obviously, it's mostly quarterbacks here. Jalen Hurts at plus 16. But 30 to 1. Anthony Richardson, my dude. I'm telling you, if the Colts take off and Shane Steichen is a coach that I believe in, Andrew, I think the Colts could be a really sneaky, fun team this year. Again, you could throw one unit on it just for S's and G's, but Mahomes is still the guy I want to invest in first. So Mahomes and Richardson, those two guys, because I think that Richardson number, if things go the way I'm talking about, by the time we get to November, by the time we're sitting down to Thanksgiving dinner, that could be a four to one odds, and I'm making money on that bad boy. What are your thoughts on MVP? I like the Richardson call, and I wasn't really even thinking about it in terms of it against Stroud. Unfortunately for me, I'm going to be like underweight on Stroud in a lot of different, because I think he's just overvalued. Like that's the case. Like the, the market's going to be all over Stroud, just like where we were last year. The Texans were like one of the most overrated teams in the betting markets every single week. We talked about it like against the spread. It's like, why the Texans favor? Like this doesn't make any sense. Well, they are. So the market's going to love Stroud, but how you counteract that and how you kind of bet against CJ Stroud winning MVP is to bet on Anthony Richardson, because these teams are going to face twice potentially three times if they meet in the playoffs. So you're going to get that marquee quarterback, quarterback matchup where if Richardson beats CJ Stroud, the voters are going to use that as a reason to vote for Richardson instead of CJ Stroud, especially of who wins the division. Because when it comes down to MVP, this is what I harped on when I wrote up Lamar Jackson at plus 1600 last year, comes down to two principles, the best quarterback on the team with the best record. So the Colts and Texas both can't have the best record. So only one of them is going to win that division. So if the Colts win the division, he should have better odds and a better chance to win the uh, MVP award. And so for me, when I'm looking at, okay, 
best quarterback on the team with the best overall record. I'm looking at teams, again, the Eagles. I mentioned they have a much easier schedule than they did last year. And I think the thing that's interesting about Jalen Hurts at plus 1,600. So two years ago, he was second place in terms of the MVP voting. Last year, obviously, things fell off with the offense kind of crumbling towards the end of the year. But the thing that's interesting that I noticed about Lamar Jackson's odds last year was he was the quarterback with the shortest odds to win offensive player of the year. And then he ended up winning the MVP. The quarterback with the lowest or the highest odds of winning offensive player of the year is Jalen Hurts. So for some reason, these quarterbacks that are mobile that come with some question marks get like bucketed into the offensive player of the year, which is an award that they'll never win because it always goes to quarterbacks. But for some reason, the market kind of prices them here. It's like, okay, well, Jalen Hurts, let's say he has a really good year. Like we know well, he's going to do statistically. Offensive player of the year lately, it, it goes all over. I mean, you know, we've yeah. seen wide receivers win it just as recently as, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson two years ago. So that what I like Richardson's another guy when the AP stuff comes out. That's one that I'm looking for, too, because he might have the video game numbers, but maybe fall short of the wins. Yep. And I think that's another way to invest in Richardson. You can tell it, you're going to be sick of me talking about the Colts by the time we hit Labor. No, I mean, I'm, I'm here everybody. for it, especially because it works against because everyone's going to want to talk about the Texans, right? Like that's the, the team that's that's the this year's Jaguars. Like it's going to be the team that's like sent from destiny that everybody has to bet on. Everyone has to vote on and they're just going to ultimately let you down. I think the Texans are a team that could potentially do that. And how do you take advantage of that in full circle is you bet on the Colts as one of the teams that could potentially win that division. Instead, because when you look at the division odds, I'm assuming they're much closer between the Colts and Texans than the MVP odds are for Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud, I'd have to imagine. So, All right, so Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, those are two guys also you're in on potentially, right? So how do you, like, what, what's the plan for those guys when you're looking at the long shots in terms of how many units you might want to put on a guy? Again, I mean, they're small bets because it's more of a long shot odd, but... Again, if the Cardinals start out hot, if Justin Fields goes to the Falcons and has a tons of, um, you know, big plays and statistics and putting up numbers. Like, again, I look a lot at what people have voted for in the past. And Justin Fields has gotten MVP votes before. Like, he has gotten votes for it. Now, he hasn't won anything, but two years ago, he got votes. So then he's already in the minds of the voters where, okay, he goes to Atlanta. He starts out gates on fire with all these weapons. Okay, what do you know? Now he's tied up with Brock Purdy to win the MVP award because the Falcons are running away with the division with the easiest schedule for the second straight year. <laughs> so those are the things that I kind of look at. And I think that buying on mobile quarterbacks makes the most sense. Here, we talked about Richardson, Hurts. You know, last year I was on Lamar. Again, another mobile quarterback. It's just, you want to find a way to get quarterbacks that put up bonkers numbers by themselves because when they score a rushing touchdown, they're the only player that's getting credit for it, not their teammates. So that helps them stand out, I think, a little bit more in the MVP conversation. All right, let's do a little lightning round NFL draft because Combine is happening next week, so we're all very excited about that. In the meantime, I'm going to throw some questions at you. You give me some answers. Number one overall pick, Caleb Williams. The juice is minus 1,500. Nobody wants it. Can you make a case for a Drake May, a plus 1,000, or Marvin Harrison or Jaden Daniels at plus 25, or is it just Caleb Williams for whoever's drafting in the first spot? I think it's just Caleb Williams. Yeah, I don't, I don't right. see a lot of value here. Move on to number two. Drake May, minus 160. The juice is strong, but again, so is the buzz. Jaden Daniels, plus money, plus 170. If you like anybody else here, if Caleb goes too, it's plus 1,100, which is interesting. But uh, Marvin Harrison, plus 15. J.J. McCarthy getting buzzed, but again, he's plus 3,000. Uh, maybe the, the offensive lineman, Joe Alt, at plus 5,000, if you want to go kind of off the reservation here. 
Any thoughts on number two pick? Is this something you can invest in yet or still too many variables? I think for me, I think the steam for Jaden Daniels could become a point where he could end up being favored here at the number two overall pick. So I think the move is to bet on Jaden Daniels now, get him at plus money, and then you could potentially flip-flop it and get Drake May at plus money as well on the same bet at number two overall. So you have two bets at plus odds for one of them. Because I, I think that the commanders are going to go with the quarterback pretty much no matter what. So, and I, I think it's going to be Drake May, but the steam about Jaden Daniels is people are going to convince themselves, oh, well, he's a better fit for Cliff Kingsbury. Like, Cliff Kingsbury's control of the offense. So, I think that right now the move would be to bet on Daniels because I think that we're going to look up and these odds could be minus for Jaden Daniels as the number two. Well, in all fairness, pick. Cliff Kingsbury is a guy, Erickson, that like everywhere he's been, he's had a quarterback that's mobile yeah. and flashy that can extend yeah. plays exactly. and kind of make him look better than he is. So it sounds more like Jaden Daniels to me. Yeah. It's interesting if you bet Daniels now a plus 170 for number two overall pick and then Drake May for number three a plus 90. Interesting situation. You also get Marvin Harrison a plus 270 there as well. Here's some fun ones too. The NFL team to draft J.J. McCarthy plus 500 for the Vikings. Same for the Falcons, plus 600 for the Broncos. Do you like any of those? Raiders, Patriots, Seahawks. The Patriots, by the way, plus 850 if you like him. But to me, even just the 5-1 to one odds on the Vikings is really intriguing. Yeah, this one is tough because he's going to go to either the Vikings, Falcons, Broncos, or Raiders. Like, like, like during that stretch of draft picks from 8 to 12, like he's going to go somewhere in that range most likely. So the fact that they're all so kind of two listed. and hedge because you're getting five <laughs> or better. Yeah. Like, pick two. Like, to me, it's Vikings, and then I... I, I might want, I mean, I think Broncos would be the other one. I, well, I, I think, think Atlanta's going to handle the, their business right now. You probably want to do the teams that pick first. So that would be the Falcons and the Vikings. Those are the teams I guess, that pick first. Uh, I guess here's my thing, though. If Justin Fields ends up with Atlanta, this number disappears, right? So let's not go that route. If you're looking at the early value, it's Vikings and Broncos because the Falcons have that variable of the Justin Fields trade that would take him out of the McCarthy running. Uh, what about Harrison? Marvin Harrison Jr. Cardinals minus 170 makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think we're all on that. The New England Patriots plus 400. The Bears are plus four. The Chargers are 20 to one. The Commanders 30 to one. Giants 40 to one. Any uh, feels about this one? I think for me, I think the value is probably on the Patriots just because, you know, we don't know what they're going to do. Like this is a whole new uh, crew that's running the show here. It's not Bill Belichick. It's Elliot Wolf. It's Gerard Mayo that are kind of running this draft room and we have no idea what they're going to do. So again, it's easy to look at with the market saying, oh, it's going to be quarterback. Well, we're going to hear a bunch of stuff this off season heading into draft season where they're going to be like, oh, well, the top player on their board is Marvin Harrison if they don't like the quarterback that's available at three or they like Joe, Joe Alt at number three overall. So this is the time to now get in on the Patriots not picking a quarterback with the market overly convinced that's going to happen when, I mean, would you be surprised if they don't take a quarterback at three? No. Like, I don't think it's would I don't I be think surprised? That's no. Would I be upset? Yes. Yes, that's fair, uh, but those are different. Those are different and questions. <laughs> and so will you. We'll commiserate together over a pint of Sam Adams. Uh, but I guess not a sponsor of the show, by the way. But Erickson, what other bets NFL draft here before we get to combine action where things, you know, we see that combine happens. These odds change. Great time to get involved. Anything to pique your interest. Yeah, I think it's just really just taking advantage of the Patriots not drafting a quarterback at three. So some of the bets that I've looked at. So number three overall pick. Brock Bowers, you can get at plus 10,000. What if the Patriots like, okay, he's the best player in the draft. That's not a quarterback. What if they say that? We're going to take Brock Bowers at plus 10,000. Okay, yeah, I I'm entertained in that. Kyle Pitts, first non-quarterback drafted the year. He was picked fourth overall. He was plus, and for the Patriots to draft Brock Bowers overall so they could trade down, he's plus 3,600. So I like that. Again, I mentioned Joseph Alt, the Notre Dame tackle, 35 to one to be selected. 
by the Patriots or second shortest odds to be the first non-quarterback selected. So they're already saying like, hey, if it's not Marvin Harrison, it's going to be Joseph Alt. So 35 to one for the Patriots to pick a non-quarterback with the tackle. I mean, it's great. Throw 10 bucks on there. You win 350. Yeah, so, That's so a good day So for me, I'm going to be folks. fading the, again, this is how I'd be happy. So if they draft a quarterback, I'll be happy. And if they don't, then I'm going to make money. So like that's the way that I'm going to approach the New England Patriots. And then going back to the other quarterbacks. So the team that I think that is not being talked enough about drafting quarterback is the Saints. So I'm looking at the New Orleans Saints as a team that could potentially land a guy like Bo Nix or Michael Penix, who in recent news have been kind of falling in the draft. You know, I've seen them out of round one mocks altogether, which means they could go through the entire first round. And that means they could go to any team. But when I'm looking at the teams that their odds are not going to change for quarterbacks because the Saints can't add a quarterback in free agency. Like they're going into the draft right. with Derek Carr. They can't they're add plus 2,500 for Penix right Ex- now. Exactly. So I think that a team that, hey, they're not overly convinced Derek Carr is their guy. I think that they could take a shot on either Bo Nix or Michael Penix late in round one or even in round two if one of these guys falls. So I know that the Saints are going to be interested in the quarterback. And I like their long shot odds right now. And, and the thing that I want to point out and, and hit home here is their odds are not going to change as we get to the draft. The Vikings, Falcons, Broncos, Raiders, those are the teams that are the high profile teams that draft a quarterback. Those teams could also add quarterbacks in free agency, which will then change their odds to draft said quarterback. So that's what you want to make sure you're t- paying attention to. All right. Pay attention to all of the lines as they continue to move this NFL season. And yeah, this NFL season, because we're in it, folks. It's early 2024 NFL. Great stuff, Andrew. As always, we'll be here, obviously, with a lot of draft coverage coming up here on the channel. Make sure you check out Fantasy Pros. We've got our live mocks going on, too. We're also going to have live coverage of the NFL draft itself. So subscribe to Betting Pros YouTube. Subscribe to Fantasy Pros YouTube. And also, don't forget Fantasy Pros MLB, too, because we've got all the baseball breakdowns every single day. So if you're hot on baseball betting, and we are, and we made a ton of money last you're doing it the welsh and i were red hot last year join us there as well and download that bp app drop your comments below what are your picks here for the 2024 early nfl that you like because we want to hear from you and of course don't forget to ring that bell for notifications you know every time a piece of content drops here on the channel that'll do it for us but the story of the game goes on for andrew erickson i'm joey p we'll see you next time kids Thanks for listening to the Betting Pros Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow us on X and TikTok at Betting Pros and Instagram at Betting Pros NFL. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros. 